Welcome to Line A, Describe Fire Safety. The Trades Access Common Core resources are licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution 4.0. The materials in these learning guides are for use by students and instructional staff and have been compiled from sources believed to be reliable and to represent best current knowledge on these subjects. These audio resources are intended to serve as a starting point for good practices and may not specify all minimum legal standards. No warranty, guarantee, or representation is made by the BC Piping Trades Articulation Committee, the British Columbia Industry Training Authority, BC Campus, or the Queen's Printer of British Columbia as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information contained in these publications. These audio resources are intended to provide basic guidelines for piping trades practices. Do not assume, therefore, that all necessary warnings and safety precautionary measures are contained in this publication and that other or additional measures may not be required. To learn more about BC Campus Open Education, visit www.open.bccampus.ca. Be advised that references to the Workers' Compensation Board of British Columbia safety regulations contained within these materials do not, may not, reflect the most recent occupational health and safety regulation. The current standards and regulation in BC can be obtained at the following website www.worksafebc.com When you hear the following sound, that will mean you are moving on to the next learning task in this module. Describe Fire Safety, Section 1. Describe the conditions necessary to support a fire. Fire, or combustion, is a form of oxidation, the union of a substance with oxygen. During the process of oxidation, energy is released in the form of heat, sometimes accompanied by light. Oxidation takes place at varying rates of speed. Here are some examples of oxidation occurring at different rates of speed. Very slow, the rusting of iron. Slow, the spontaneous heating of materials such as oil-soaked rags. Fast, the burning of paper or wood. Extremely fast, the exploding of gunpowder upon ignition. Before a fire can occur, these three things must be present. Fuel, oxygen, and heat, sufficient to raise the fuel to its ignition temperature. Fuel. Fuel is any combustible material in solid, liquid, or gas form that will combine with oxygen and heat to burn. Combustible material could be common materials such as wood, gasoline, paper, or cloth. Oxygen. Oxygen supports combustion and is always present in the air we breathe at approximately a 21% concentration. A typical fire requires an atmosphere with only approximately 16% oxygen. If pure oxygen were present, some materials that would not normally be considered combustible, including some metals, will burn. The term oxidizing agent is now often used instead of oxygen, as it helps explain why some materials can burn in an atmosphere free of any other sources of oxygen. Heat. Heat is anything that will raise the temperature of the fuel to a point where enough gases are given off to burn. Flashpoint and autoignition. Flashpoint and autoignition refer to the level of heat needed for combustion, or, in other words, the lowest temperature needed for combustion. 
the flash point of many fuels is quite low, room temperature or lower. Autoignition temperature is the lowest temperature that a fuel will spontaneously ignite without an external source of ignition like a spark or flame. For example, gasoline has a flash point of 450 degrees Celsius or 490 degrees Fahrenheit and an autoignition temperature of 2800 degrees Celsius or 5360 degrees Fahrenheit. Fire Triangle the fire triangle is a simple model for understanding the necessary ingredients for most fires. Oxygen, heat, and fuel. When they combine in proper amounts as shown in the fire triangle diagram, figure one, a fire is created. Keeping these three components separated will prevent a fire from occurring. An existing fire can be extinguished by removing any one of the three components. Fire safety, at its most basic, is based on the principle of keeping fuel sources and ignition sources separate. 1. Remove the fuel, combustible material, from the vicinity of the fire. For example, if you shut off the valve of a gas main, the result will be starvation. 2. Remove the heat. For example, by applying water, the result will be cooling. 3. Remove the oxygen. For example, if you cover the fire with a lid, a wet blanket, or some sand, or use a carbon dioxide, foam, or dry chemical extinguisher, the result is smothering. Fire tetrahedron. Today, there are many newly developed chemicals, resins, materials, and metals that burn differently and have varying types of chemical chain reactions that do not fit the traditional theories of a fire triangle. A fourth component of a fire triangle may be a chemical reaction, creating a fire tetrahedron. A fire tetrahedron represents the addition of a chemical chain reaction to the fire triangle. Once a fire has started, the resulting chain reaction sustains the fire and allows it to continue. Just as the removal of one of the elements of a fire triangle will extinguish the fire, so will the use of an extinguishing agent that breaks the chain reaction. Describe Fire Safety, Section 2. Identify classes of fires and extinguishers. When, during combustion, sufficient heat is generated to raise the temperature of the fuel, vapors that will ignite are produced and the burning process will continue as long as there is sufficient fuel, heat, and oxygen to sustain it. The process must be interrupted by means of an extinguishing agent, such as a fire extinguisher. Classes of Fires Fires are divided into four main classes, A, B, C, and D. The class of fire is important to know as it dictates the type of extinguisher required. The symbol shown in figure one may be the only indication you have of the best use for a fire extinguisher. Types of fire extinguishers. All work sites must have portable fire extinguishers. These come in many sizes and colors and have several markings on them. Although most extinguishers can be used on more than one class of fire, none can be successfully used for all types of fire situations. It is important that you know the location of and how to operate each extinguisher in your workplace. Because each manufacturer uses a slightly different operating procedure, the best thing you can do is to look carefully at the markings and instructions on the extinguisher. They will tell you how to use the extinguisher and where it is most effective. Class A Fire Extinguishers Class A extinguishers work to cool the fire below its ignition temperature. They can use pressurized water, foaming agents, 
or multi-purpose dry chemical agents. The water-based extinguishers can be pressurized, gravity-fed, or manually pumped. Class B fire extinguishers. Class B extinguishers should be used on flammable liquids or gases such as oils, paints, gasoline, and grease. These extinguishers may come in several types, including foam, carbon dioxide, CO2, ordinary dry chemical, and multipurpose dry chemical. Class C fire extinguishers. Class C extinguishers are used on electrically energized equipment. These extinguishers may use carbon dioxide, CO2, ordinary dry chemicals, or multipurpose dry chemicals. Carbon dioxide extinguishers are preferable for sensitive electrical equipment and computer components, as they don't leave any harmful residue. Class D fire extinguishers. For Class D fires, you can use dry chemical extinguishers. However, the type of extinguisher depends on the type of metal that is burning. The extinguishing media can be made of dry graphite, dry cast iron turnings, other approved compounds with a graphite base, or a dry substance with a chloride base. When trying to suppress a Class D fire in its initial stage, localize the fire by scraping away any adjacent metal chips. The smothering material should then be applied gently to avoid scattering the fire. The material forms an air-excluding crust over the burning metal. Class K Fire Extinguishers Class K fires are often cooking oils and fats. These fires can spread rapidly and should be treated differently than Class B fires. Extinguishers for Class K fires can be in the form of a portable extinguisher or installed in a commercial industrial kitchen with a ventilation hood. Multi-purpose fire extinguishers. Manufacturers supply single fire extinguishers intended for multiple purposes. These extinguishers may have dry powders designed to suppress more than one type of fire, such as class A and B or C fires. Carbon dioxide, CO2, extinguishers are often labeled to fight both class B and C fires. Dry chemical extinguishers. Dry chemical extinguishers are filled with either foam or powder, usually sodium bicarbonate, baking soda, or potassium bicarbonate, and pressurized with nitrogen. Baking soda is effective because it decomposes at 700 degrees Celsius or 1,580 degrees Fahrenheit and releases carbon dioxide, which smothers oxygen once it decomposes. Dry chemical extinguishers interrupt the chemical reaction of the fire by coating the fuel with a thin layer of powder or foam, separating the fuel from the surrounding oxygen. When used indoors, powder dry chemical extinguishers can obscure vision or damage goods and machinery. Dry chemical extinguishers are designed for Class B and C fires or Class A, B and C fires, depending on the type of agent contained in the cylinder. Three of the most commonly used dry chemicals are Triplex dry chemical, a multi-purpose dry chemical agent effective in extinguishing class A, B, and C fires, generally considered the best all-round fire extinguisher. Quick aid dry chemical, a specially treated sodium bicarbonate dry chemical agent that is moisture resistant and free flowing. It is effective and approved for use on class B and C fires and offers the lowest cost per kilo of the three dry chemical agents. Purple K dry chemical, a specially treated potassium bicarbonate dry chemical agent 
that provides effective protection against Class B and C fires and is approximately twice as effective as the standard sodium bicarbonate dry chemical. Carbon dioxide, CO2 extinguishers. A CO2 extinguisher is recognized by its fiber discharge horn. It is less effective than dry chemical extinguishers, but has the advantage of not leaving a residue that must be cleaned up. CO2 cylinders are red and range in size from 2.26 kilograms, 5 pounds, to 45 kilograms, 100 pounds, or larger. In the larger sizes, the horn is located on the end of a long, flexible hose. These extinguishers contain pressurized carbon dioxide gas. CO2 is heavier than oxygen, so these extinguishers work by displacing or taking away oxygen from the surrounding area. Additionally, CO2 is very cold and works by cooling the fuel. Carbon dioxide is ideal for fires involving electrical apparatuses and will also extinguish Class B liquid fires. However, the fire could reignite if the cooling effect has not reached the ignition temperature of the fuel. CO2 extinguishers are designed for Class B and C, flammable liquid and electrical, fires only. These extinguishers may be ineffective at extinguishing Class A fires because they may not be able to displace enough oxygen. Halon extinguishers. Halon extinguishers are designed for Class A, B, and C fires. Emergency fire blanket. Emergency fire blankets are designed to smother the flames if someone's clothing catches fire. Blankets are about 2 meters by 2 meters or 6 feet by 6 feet in size. Fire extinguisher general requirements. The following are some general guidelines for maintaining and storing fire extinguishers. Portable fire extinguishers must be mounted in identifiable and readily accessible locations. The size of an extinguisher is often based on the weight of an extinguishing agent. For example, 1 kilogram or 2.5 pounds is a small extinguisher. Class A and B extinguishers may have a number before the letter. These numbers allow you to compare the relative effectiveness of various fire extinguishers. For example, a multi-class extinguisher may be labeled as Class ABC, 2.25 kilograms, 5 pounds, 3A, 10B, C. The A rating is a water equivalency rating. The number preceding the A multiplied by 1.25 gives the equivalent extinguishing capability in gallons of water. The number preceding the B indicates the size of fire in square feet that an ordinary user should be able to cover. The C does not have a number assigned. Portable fire extinguishers must be kept in a fully charged and operating condition. Fire extinguishers must have an annual maintenance check at minimum. Records must be kept that identify the inspection, testing, and maintenance dates and who completed the work. When an extinguisher is removed for maintenance or a recharge, an alternate must be provided. Extinguishers should be located near exits. The location of the extinguisher should be well marked. All employees must be trained in the general principles of fire extinguisher use and the application hazards involved with first response firefighting. Describe fire safety, section three. Apply preventative fire safety precautions. As you already know, fire is only possible where there is a supply of combustible materials, oxygen, and heat. However, lack of caution, equipment failure, or simple human error can cause ignition. 
Any fire in the workplace can cause serious injury or property damage. Workers are often required to work in various hazardous environments. Corrosive and explosive substances may be used or stored in these locations. Workers must be aware of the presence of these hazardous substances and take appropriate precautions. Preparation. Preparation is the key to controlling any fires that do start. Take the following precautions to protect your workplace from fire. Keep the work area clean and clutter-free. Know what chemicals you work with. Know how to store and handle the chemicals on your work site. Make sure you are familiar with your company's emergency action plan for fires. Know what you are expected to do in a fire emergency. Know how to report fires. Use caution when using power tools near flammable substances. Hot work permit. Ideally, all welding, cutting, or other torch work should be done in areas free of combustible materials. However, this is not always possible. In those cases, you may be required to get a hot work permit in order to have all fire hazards in your area assessed and the necessary precautions listed. Usually, this will involve posting fire watch personnel. The person on fire watch should have access to fire extinguishers and alarms and know how to use them. The area where the hot work was done must also be monitored afterwards until there is no longer a risk of fire. Storage of flammable materials. The nature of flammable materials makes them vulnerable to ignition. Consequently, storage precautions are necessary. Both WorkSafe BC and the BC Fire Code have regulations regarding maximum quantities of flammable materials that can be stored and how they are stored. The permitted quantities are affected by what their flashpoint temperature is. Flammable liquids and related equipment. The nature of flammable liquids makes them very vulnerable to ignition and the following storage precautions are consequently necessary. All containers of flammable liquids must be of an approved type CSA or ULC in Canada and clearly marked. All containers must have secure capping devices. Open flames or lit cigarettes must be prohibited within or near any liquid gas storage area. Where drums are used as containers, they must have taps and a drip tray. Transportation must only take place while containers are sealed. All empty containers must be stored on end. Spills must be cleaned up or covered with sand. Any equipment that requires a flammable liquid needs the same basic precautionary measures as stored liquids. All tank or equipment leaks must be reported and then repaired immediately. Drivers and operators must be warned of ignition hazards while refueling such equipment. They must not smoke and the engines must be stopped. Flammable gases. Flammable gases used on work sites often include acetylene, hydrogen, ethane, and propane. These gases are stored in pressurized cylinders, which must be handled with care. The storage and handling of these cylinders was discussed in Competency A1, Control Workplace Hazards, Learning Task 2. See also the OHS regulation substances under pressure in Part 5. Aerosol products can contain flammable gases that present a fire hazard. You should be familiar with how to handle and dispose of such products safely. Ventilation. Flammable gases or vapors may accumulate in a room as part of the workplace process. 
It is important to properly ventilate the space to reduce the risk of fire and health hazards. Do not cut or weld any container that you suspect may have contained a combustible substance. Even a gasoline tank, for example, that contains no liquid gasoline can have enough vapors present to cause an explosion. You must have the container thoroughly purged and inspected. Combustible materials. Rubbish is a severe problem in fire prevention, but the problem can always be avoided by good management. Any buildup of packing materials, sawdust, wood shavings, oil waste, or other combustible material constitutes a potential fire hazard. The following precautions must always be taken. All waste liquids that are flammable must be placed in approved containers for disposal according to waste disposal regulations. Open fires require a permit and they must be constantly supervised. Extinguishers must be available at or near any fire lit for the disposal of rubbish. All oily rags must be retained in metal bins with sealed lids. Don't allow fine dust to build up, as it can be highly flammable and often explosive. Shop electrical wiring and equipment. All wiring, whether permanent or temporary, must be made safe so it will not cause a fire. The following precautions are necessary for shop wiring. Any temporary or permanent wiring at ground level must be buried or protected from foot or vehicular traffic damage by use of ramps. All portable electric powered hand tools must be connected with flexible rubber or sheath PVC cables. Adequate breaker protection against excess current must be included. A static grounding system must be used on fuel storage equipment to ensure there isn't a buildup of static electricity that could arc spark to ground and cause an explosion. Vehicle electrical systems. You should observe extreme caution when servicing electrical systems. Serious fires could result from short circuits in the wiring. Batteries that are being charged or exposed to a heavy discharge, such as a cold or no-start situation, give off very explosive gases hydrogen, which will cause an explosion if a spark is present. When removing batteries, always disconnect the ground wire first. All wiring leading to the starter motor and switch must be protected from sharp edges and mechanical and or heat damage. If installing a new cable, always route it in a manner to avoid damage. Safe use of temporary heating. Temporary heating is often required on the job site. This heating may be powered by electricity or fueled by propane, kerosene, or diesel. These heaters are usually non-ducted and are therefore considered space heaters, although they are most commonly known as construction heaters. It is important to follow the manufacturer's instructions and take extra precautions against burns and fire when working with construction heaters. Describe Fire Safety, Section 4. Describe First Response Firefighting. First Response Firefighting can best be described as extinguishing a fire in its initial stages by using whatever is readily at hand before the fire can become too large. First Response Extinguishers are designed to deal with fires in their infancy. They are necessary even when an area is protected by a fire sprinkler system. Small fires can often be put out quickly by a well-trained individual with a portable fire extinguisher. However, to do this safely, the person must understand the use and limitation of a portable fire extinguisher 
and the hazards associated with fighting fires. Attempting to extinguish even a small fire carries some risk. Fires can increase in size and intensity in seconds, blocking the exit path and creating a hazardous atmosphere. Employees are not expected to fight fires. Your responsibility in a fire situation is to alert others and to evacuate. Steps to take prior to fighting a fire. Fires can be very dangerous, and you should always be certain that you will not endanger yourself or others when attempting to put out a fire. For this reason, you must take these first steps when a fire is discovered. Number one, assist any person in immediate danger to safety, keeping in mind your own safety. Number two, activate the building fire alarm system or notify the fire department by dialing 911 or designating someone else to notify the department for you. Number three, position yourself with a means of egress at your back before you attempt to use an extinguisher to put out a fire. Only after having done these three things, and if the fire is small, should you attempt to use an extinguisher to put it out. Do not fight a fire when you don't know what is burning. If you don't know what is burning, you don't know what type of extinguisher to use. Even if you have an ABC extinguisher, there may be something in the fire that could explode or produce highly toxic smoke. Chances are you will know what's burning or at least have a pretty good idea, but if you don't, let the fire department handle it. The fire is spreading rapidly beyond the spot where it started. Exit the area to a safe location if the fire is already spreading quickly. You don't have appropriate firefighting equipment, correct type and size. If you are unable to protect yourself from excessive smoke and fume inhalation, plastics and synthetics gases especially can be fatal in very small amounts. Your instincts tell you not to. If you are uncomfortable with the situation for any reason, just let the fire department do its job. In these situations, allow trained firefighters to deal with the fire. Training. All workers required to use fire extinguishers should receive training that covers Extinguisher locations, classes of fire most likely to break out and the appropriate extinguisher to use, when and how to use extinguishers, importance of sounding the alarm, health and safety hazards, and personal protective equipment. Using a portable fire extinguisher. To extinguish a fire with a portable extinguisher, a person must have immediate access to the extinguisher, know how to actuate the unit, and know how to apply the agent effectively. Portable fire extinguishers contain a limited amount of extinguishing agent and can be discharged in a matter of seconds. Therefore, individuals should attempt to fight only very small or incipient stage fires. There are various models and designs of extinguishers. Some are manually operated, such as water pump type, while others are more automatic, such as pressurized designs. The following description explains how a charged or pressurized portable fire extinguisher operates. Pull, aim, squeeze, sweep. Pass. The proper use of portable fire extinguishers can be easily remembered using the acronym PASS. P-A-S-S. -S. Stand a safe distance from the fire, about 2 to 3 meters or 6 to 10 feet, while holding the extinguisher upright. Standing closer may also cause burning objects to scatter, potentially spreading the fire. Pull. Pull the pin out of the handle, breaking the plastic strap seal. 
aim. Aim the extinguisher nozzle at the base of the flames. This is where the burning material is located. If you aim at the flames, which is frequently the temptation, the extinguishing agent will fly right through and do no good. You want to hit the fuel. Squeeze and sweep. Keep the extinguisher upright and squeeze the handles together to discharge the pressurized extinguishing agent. Sweep the extinguisher from side to side, covering the fire with extinguishing agent. Start using the extinguisher from a safe distance away and then move forward. Watch for scattering material. The idea is to completely cover the fuel. Keep spraying until the fire is out. Keep an eye on the area in case it reignites. <laughs>